Cool, guys. I love that Be Thou My Vision song because Nick and I walked down the aisle to that song, to wow. Nicholas. So singing that tonight brought back lots of memories. And that's been our, like, that's like my life's anthem to Jesus. So thank you, Kath, for choosing that song. And uh, we had young adults on Friday night, and what a joy we had hitched. We interviewed Luke and Jordan, and we had so much fun. So guys, if you're a young adult, i.e. between 20 and 30 years old, we welcome you lovingly to come and join us on a, the first Friday of every month. Um, we do something really rad. So, so follow us on Glenridge's Instagram page to keep up to date. And anyway, so this morning, Stan spoke on um, having eyes that see and faith to see. And tonight, I'm speaking on having faith to speak. And I'm going to speak on the power of the spoken word proclamation. So when I speak about declarations today, I'm going to use the word declarations, proclamations, speaking, and decreeing interchangeably. Okay, so I'm speaking about the same thing. But really, my heart's cry is that we all leave here empowered and equipped to speak with audacious faith and tell the mountains in front of us to footsack and to really move into the more of God through our words. So I hope you're all pumped with me. I mean, yeah, you're all pumped. So Proverbs says, we all know it very well, it says, life and death is in the power of the tongue. Let me just see my time. Life and death is in the power of the tongue. So my question to you tonight is, are you speaking with words of life? Are your, are your words creating life wherever you go? Or are you speaking death wherever you go? What are you speaking? What is your language? So this, this journey, is, this, this revelation is very special to me. So a few years ago, my husband and I were studying at a school of ministry, and there was one particular class that honestly offended me so much. I actually never went to the class, I never signed up because it offended me so much. And what they would do is they would call out lies and they would all laugh at it. Fake laughing until like in hysterical laughing. And then they would proclaim the truth. But like this crazy laughter freaked me out and I never went. And then a few years later I came back and I got a job and I went on this. And um, part of the requirements of being in this job is that you have to go on this five day course, which was honestly like army boot camp for the emotional part of you and so with grown men grown women anyone in the company who was new had to go on this course otherwise you didn't get your job and this job with this course would start at six o'clock at night and end at two in the morning and you'd be required to be at, at work at eight o'clock the next day and it would be Wednesday Thursday Friday Saturday the entire day till like midnight Sunday the entire day and what they did is they believed in breaking you down um, to build you up. So they would break you down by throwing lies at you. And one particular moment, I actually completely encountered Jesus in the midst of this crazy course. And I was standing there in one of the games, so you saw, sworn to secrecy. So let's just keep this in the room. <laughs> so one of the games, you play a whole bunch of games, and one of the games that you had to play is you had to stand, each take a turn, and stand, so here I am standing, and all my colleagues stand around me, and they tell me what they hate about me and they tell me what they don't like about me and all my weaknesses. And if they don't say anything, the facilitator of the course comes and, sit and starts screaming at them, you tell her what you don't like about her, tell her. 
and it's awful. Uh, honestly, it was hectic. And people are bawling their eyes out because it's obviously bringing triggers. So I had this amazing encounter. Standing there, people are throwing lies at me. I'm young, this was like quite a few years ago, I probably was about 20, 23. And um, I have this incredible vision, and two angels come and, and cover my ears, and I can't hear anything, and all that's coming is the word of God on my lips. You are beautiful, there is no flaw in you. I love you, uh, before I knew you, I fashioned and formed you in the womb. Like just crazy, crazy revelation. And I honestly stood there smiling. And then he, this guy threw it, you just hide behind your smile. And in my mind, the joy of the Lord is my strength. And just like constantly, like I was on this battlefield. And so since then, honestly, I felt like God gave me a simple strategy, which has really set me up for, to be in, uh, in this offensive position. And it's to know who you are, Stan spoke about the chair, the bed, the lamp, and the table. And the chair represents us sitting and knowing who we are in Jesus. So know who I am. The word of God, be, have the word of God on my lips. And then to boldly declare the word of God. So even, even to, to this day, if I feel like someone's spoken something over me or anything, I literally... If I can't recall it, I'll go to the Word of God, find the truth, and start proclaiming it over myself in any circumstance. So, with that said, um, I love the declarations tonight. I want to empower us all that we would speak words of life, that life would be at the, the tip of our tongue. So, declarations, when I speak about that, I'm meaning it's the act of declaring intentionally speaking God's truth aloud over ourselves, over our circumstances, over our nation, over our cities, over the ones we love. Scientists show that actually speaking positive sentences can induce a physical response. Words can literally change your brain. If we all know, like some, if you don't know, Dr. Caroline Leaf has extensive studies on this. The Harvard Business Review has done a study which says that for every um, negative piece of feedback an employee receives, it, we actually need six positive statements to counteract that. So it just shows you the power of positive speaking. And actually, we've just transitioned into, in the Hebrew calendar, we're in the year 5780, and 80 actually resembles the mouth in the Hebrew alphabet. So we're actually entering this decade of declaring. And I, I think it's quite a tool for us as Christians, as believers, to use this tool that God has given us. So we're going to dive straight in to... Let's have the faith to sit. My first point of the night is, do we have faith to sit? So, in December, it all started when we got two little beach chairs for Malachi and Judah. Then we got given two little camping chairs for Malachi and Judah. Then we got given two little wicker chairs for Malachi and Judah. And we got two plastic chairs. And I was like, no, God, you have to be talking. And one morning I woke up and instantly he said to me, I've called you to a lifetime of sitting with me, of knowing who you are, of, of sitting with me, of reigning with me. And Raymond pointed out to me that queens and kings reign by sitting on their throne. And so Ephesians 2.6 says that he's raised us up with him and seated us with him in the heavenly places. We have been, like when we are born again, we are seated in the heavenly places. All authority has been given to us to speak to things, to um, use audacious, bold faith, and to know who we are in Jesus, know the position that he's given us. 
and to speak with power, to tell disease and sickness to be gone in the name of Jesus because we know who we are, we are in Christ Jesus. So who of you know Mtogo and Christy here? They're an amazing couple. And so Mtogo and Christy, um, Mtogo and I often found ourselves at Seattle together to do work in the mornings. And the one morning he came to me, this was last week, and I actually voice noted him to ask him the story so I could get it right. And he had this story which honestly stuck out to me. He said, so he felt God give him a business idea and that he needed to phone direct, like the, the owners of the businesses, directors and CEOs, and actually propose his business idea. But he was saying to me that actually culturally, Melinda and Lufufe can correct me if I'm wrong, but culturally, you just don't approach the king. Like, you, you can approach the chief, but the king is kind of like very hard to get. And he, I just want to read it because I don't want us to, I don't want to miss it. But it, he said to me, in terms of respect, you just don't go to the person of highest authority. You go from the ground up. It's all about ranking. You don't ask for a king. Maybe you can see the chief, the second in command, but you don't have the privilege to see the king. So in business, and Togo's been prompted to talk to HR before. And God said to him, I was there with him that morning. He said, I want you to to step outside of your culture norms and your social norms, and I want you to approach business owners in your position as a son of the Most High God, as the son of the King. And so he was just saying, like, what kind of worldview are we holding? What are the social norms that we've accepted that we shouldn't because we're actually sons and daughters of the, of the Most High God? And so he phoned, he said he sucked himself up and he was like about to phone them and he was literally like, I am his son, I am his son, I am his son. And then he made the phone call and he had incredible favor. But I feel like Holy Spirit wants to say, like is echoing in our hearts tonight. We are his children. I am his son, I am his daughter. Let's approach boldly. So then the word of God. Do we have the faith? the faith to read this word, the Bible, the very scriptures, and to boldly declare it. So, um, a few years ago, when I was um, still studying, I was going through a really hard time. And honestly, the only thing that got me through it, as I like to say that um, I had like almost a Bible-led breakthrough, that actually reading the Word of God and taking the Word of God and reading it out loud over myself every single day, so I would work my way through the Psalms, because I feel like there's always a Psalm in your season to declare, and I would declare it until there was breakthrough. And I've had a few people come to me lately who's, who's like longing for breakthrough, and they would, some people come to me, and I've walked through it in my own life, like I've, I'm knitting into community, I'm worshiping Jesus in church, I'm, um, praying so much but I just can't get freedom and I can't get freedom from my sin and I can't get freedom from the pattern of my old life and my question was well have you been reading the word of God and some people say no but I forget what I read there's no point I read and then I forget what I've even read and some people may know the saying but like we don't know what we had for lunch last week but it nourished us it nourished our souls and kept us going. And so tonight, guys, I want to say that like this nourishes us. That it seems so um, comp it seems so easy, but it's not easy. It seems so simple, but we complicate it. But it's so simple. It's actually just are we devouring the word of God, and is it really and available on the, on our lips? 
you know? And I feel like sometimes we are running and like, you know, we want to encounter Jesus and we want to know more of him. And so we go to every meeting we can and we go to every worship event we can and we go to the pod, we like listen to a million podcasts and we scroll our Instagram feeds um, to, to get someone else's revelation. But if you're wanting to encounter Jesus, I'm going to tell you tonight, like, let's be a people who get in the word. You can encounter him in the word of God. And um, John 1, verse 14 says, The word became flesh and made his dwelling among us. So the word became flesh and made his dwelling among us. The word is Jesus. You want to encounter Jesus? Devour the word. Get in the word. I'm so super passionate about this because it's transformed my life. Um, Hebrews 4, verse 12 says, for the word of God is living and active, sharper than any two-edged sword, piercing to the division of soul and of spirit, of joints and marrow, and discerning the thoughts and intentions of the heart. The word of God does far more for us than any physical weapon could. If you remember the story of Gideon, when they went out to battle with only 300 men, God told Gideon to get his army to shout, the sword of the Lord and of Gideon. The sword of the Lord and of Gideon. What is the sword of the Lord? It's the word of God. It's to declare the word of God. We need to devour this word and keep it on our lips and be ready. Joshua, um, so I'm jumping ahead, but that's okay. Joshua was instructed to implement non-stop speaking of truth in the, in the final preparations to enter the promised land. So much so, we read it in scripture, Joshua 1 verse 9 says... Sorry, guys. Keep this book of the law always on your lips. Everyone say lips. <laughs> Meditate on it day and night so that you may be careful to do everything written in it. Then, so here's the promise, okay? If you keep the book of the law always on your lips, you meditate on it day and night, then you will make your way prosperous and then you will have good success, not just success, good success. So the promise of keeping this on our lips is that we will actually have good success and our ways would be prosperous. It's a beautiful promise, right? So Jesus, in Luke 4, we read about, so you guys, I'm jumping around the Bible. I hope you can keep up with me, but we'll tie it all together at the end. In Luke 4, Jesus is entering the wilderness and Luke 4 actually says he entered the wilderness full of the Spirit. And then the enemy comes to test him. And it's, I read it today and I underlined it, but it was like every time he, the enemy came, he said, if you are the son of God, so he first challenged his position, if you are the son of God, then do this. And Jesus' response was always, as it is written. And he would use, use the word of God. So every single time, if you are the son of God, and Jesus was like, as it is written. And the enemy's like, if you are the son of God, and he's like, as it is written. And so the word of God is actually God's heart on paper. And so we have got this incredible opportunity to take the word of God and to know, if you want to know God's heart for your situation, um, getting a prophetic word is so beautiful. We value the prophetic in our house. But I want to ask you, have you gone to get a word from the Lord yourself? I feel like God actually wants us to be a people who are so hungry to get a word of God directly from Him. And then the prophetic must come alongside and confirm that. 
but actually we need to be a people who are running to Jesus for the word of God. The mouth speaks what the heart is full of. Luke 6 verse 45 and Proverbs 4 says, Guard your heart, for from it flows the wellspring of life. So the mouth speaks what the heart is full of, and Proverbs is telling us to guard our hearts, for from it flows the wellspring of life. So how do we guard our hearts? Through the Word of God, by daily renewing our mind through the Word of God. I feel like God is awakening. I really, I really, when preparing, I really felt like actually God is awakening a deep desire to get to know Him through the Word of God, through the simple strategy of just reading and being diligent. Even when I don't feel like it, we do it because God is looking for a diligent people. And He says in James 4, He says, draw near to me and I will draw near to you. So all we have to do is draw near to Him and what's His promise? I will draw near to you. So we draw near to him through the word of God and he will draw near. So we've, we know who he's, we seated with, so I'm just going to recap, we seated with him, we know our position in Christ, seated on the chair and seated in heavenly places and then we've got the word of God on our tongues, on our lips ready to go into war and now I, I really, now I'm in the exciting part, well it's all exciting, but like we've got the word of God, we've got the faith, and so now we need to proclaim the word of God with bold, audacious faith. So I have mentioned this many times before, but what was the first miracle in the Bible? In Genesis 1 verse 3, it says, God created. God said, let there be light, and there was light. He spoke the world into being. I was just chatting to Nick this week, and I was like, you know, God could have done a superhero move there. He could have been like, Pew! and lightning come out of his hand and the world was formed. Or he could have done something really like you would imagine in a superhero movie, but he actually chose to spoke the world into motion, into being. And he took a deep breath and he spoke the world. And so proclamations are actually a tool we can use to inherit the promised lands and move into the more of God. Are we speaking life or are we speaking death? Even over ourselves, over our finances, over our friends, over our family, over our nation, what are you speaking? Are you bringing life with your words? Because actually we're on a mission and a mandate to advance the kingdom of God. And one of the most powerful ways we can do do that is through our mouths. So Isaiah 61 says, The Spirit of the Lord God is upon me because he has anointed me to preach good news to the poor, to proclaim liberty to the captives, and to proclaim the year of the Lord's favor. I'm here tonight to proclaim the year of the Lord's favor over your lives. And I actually feel like prophetically, there's some of you that need to hear that it is the year of the Lord's favor over your lives. I'm proclaiming it today. I'm speaking it into being. Some of you need financial breakthrough. Some of you are just needing freedom from your past. Some of you are just needing freedom from shame. Some of you are contending for the dreams and desires. It's the year of the Lord's favor. So Romans 10 verse 7 says that faith indeed comes by hearing and hearing through the word of Christ. So let me repeat that. Faith indeed comes by hearing and hearing through the word of Christ. So how do we get faith? We hear the word of God. Okay, so when we read this, our faith level actually increases. And I feel like sometimes in a society today, where we are almost like emotionally led people, 
And, you know, we hear about these self-help, self-help books and self-help podcasts to self-help us. Um, and we really like led by our feelings. I feel like God is saying, actually, we are believers, not feelers. Although feelings, he's a God of compassion, but like actually we need to be a people who are led by our beliefs and we declare with our mouths what we want to see, the breakthrough, the victory, until our feelings catch up with our beliefs. That's what I feel like Romans 10 is saying. So in, in Mark 5, Jesus raises this little girl from the dead and he says to the people who are so like, think, can you imagine, it must be a bit, must be a bit panic-stricken, and he says, do not fear, only believe. He's saying, do not be led by fear. Do not be led by your feelings. Only believe that I am the God who heals. So what are you believing? When I don't feel like God is near, like this has been something in my life. You know, sometimes, let's be real, we're all humans. We get tired, we come into worship, and we like, this is the last thing I feel like doing. I'm on a Sunday night, I'm so exhausted. And you just stand there. But actually, God says he's Emmanuel, God with us. So even if I don't feel like God's with me, you know, sometimes people are like, oh my, God's presence is here. They bring a word. We can feel the presence of the Lord. Can you feel it? It was so thick. And you're like, gosh, I didn't feel anything. Well, we're going to declare that we will feel him until we feel him because we are believers and not feelers. And we're going to declare until our feelings catch up with our beliefs. Am I sitting in financial, like, are you um, trying to just survive financially? Well, I'm going to declare abundance until I see abundance, because that's, that's what the Word of God says. So take the Word of God. Find the promises. Learn who God says He is. God, I am. I am the healer. I am your provider. I am your protector. Start declaring that until we begin to see the reality, heaven's reality and our earthly reality. So I just um, pulled out a few biblical examples of, of actually, you know, Jesus is our perfect example, and he gave us this word as a model for how we should live and greater things. And I pulled out a few biblical, biblical examples of, of actually instances in the Bible where they speak to things and declare it. And, you know, sometimes we can we can beg for God's invasion. And I do believe there is a season and a time for, um, what would it be, like travail, or prayers of travail, or lamenting. Am I saying that right? Yeah, and there, there are those times, but I feel like tonight we also got to be grounded in our position and sit in our authority and, and actually just decree things and speak them into being. So we look at Acts. I'm just going to call them out. Acts 3, verse 1 to 8 um, they say, silver or gold I do not have, but what I, give, what I do have I give to you. In the name of Jesus Christ of Nazareth, walk. They just say walk. And this, the, the good Samaritan walks. Matthew 8 verse 3, Jesus heals the leper and literally with two words says, be clean. The leper is cleansed, completely healed. Matthew 8, Jesus um, is casting out demons into a herd of pigs and literally says, Go. And the, the demons fill the pigs, and the pigs run into the river. Jesus calms the storm by saying, peace, be still. Can you hear the recurring theme of like actually rest and being seated and just speaking because of the authority that Christ has given us? When Jesus raises the little girl, he takes her by the hand and he says, Talitha kum. 
which says, little girl, I say to you, arise. There's no like, desperation, although, you know, don't hear what I'm not saying, hear what I am saying, but just, it's like, it's time to sit in our position as children of God, knowing that all power has been given to us, that we are clothed with the Holy Spirit, filled with the power, that the same resurrection power that, lived, that rose Jesus from the dead lives in me. 1 Samuel 17, David and Goliath. I absolutely love the story of David, and I found a million things that I want to talk about in there, but we'll stick to this. <laughs> so um, David's facing Goliath, and Goliath is massive, and what's so amazing is this giant has been trained from his youth. So he's actually like really equipped and um, really like really prepared for war. He knows what's cutting, and he's also massive. And then David comes along and he's this tiny youth. And you can imagine him staring at this massive giant. And the giant says to him, like, oh, I'm going to cut off something like this. I'm going to cut off your head and, you know, be gone with you. It's going to be so easy. You're so tiny. And David looks back at him and he speaks into being and he says, you come to me with a sword and with a spear and with a jav javelin, but I come to you in the name of the Lord of hosts, the God of the armies of Israel. And then he speaks, he says, This day the Lord will deliver you into my hand, and I will strike you down and cut off your head. And I will give the dead bodies of the host of the Philistines these days to the birds of the air and the wild beasts of the earth, that all may know that there is a God in Israel, and that all this assembly may know that the Lord saves, not with sword and spear, but the battle is the Lord's, the battle is the Lord's, and he will give you into our hand. You see, David knew who he was in Christ. He knew who God was, and he spoke victory before he even saw victory. Like, can you imagine standing at this giant being, I'm going to be totally eat, eaten up, but I'm going to speak victory before it even comes to pass. He was anchored in the word of God, assured of, of his position. Romans 4 says, I've made you a father of many nations. He is our Father in the sight of God in whom he believed, the God who gives life to the dead and calls into beings things that were not. God's method of bringing life to dead places and people, nations, gifts and calls is for someone to say it is alive when it still looks dead. What are we speaking? Are we creating life or are we bringing death with our words? The essence of faith is to believe before we see, not to see and then believe. So the essence of faith is to believe before we see, not to see and then believe. We're called to be believers. We live in an age of words. There's so much chatter happening on our phones. We can't get away from it on our WhatsApps. But we need to be a generation that doesn't listen to the loudest voice or the, popular, like the most popular influencer on the gram, <laughs> but actually we need to be a generation that is rooted in the Word of God and is desperate to hear his, what he has to say. So the mouth of the righteous is a fountain of life, Proverbs 10 says, and it goes on in Proverbs 10 to says, the tongue of the righteous is of choice silver. How is your language? What are the words you're speaking? Are they bringing life or death? I am, um, you know, you like you often hear the language about South Africa and it's negative and I get so bummed when I hear people saying Durban as Durban. Honestly, I'm like, I rebuke you in the name of Jesus. Because actually, even in those little things, we are calling something out. 
so what are you declaring? Are you declaring life or are you declaring death? James 3 says that um, out of the same mouth comes blessing or cursing. We need to be in offensive posture. We're co-laborers with him. He's, he's put us here on earth so that we can advance his kingdom and win souls for Jesus. What are you declaring? What are you speaking over your life, over the people around you, over our country, you know, in your suburb? Bless your suburb, guys. Honestly, when you drive down your roads, be like, I bless you, Morningside. <laughs> we've had so many, we've had quite a few break-ins in the last week in Morningside. And I honestly stood there the other night by my driveway, by the gates, where I just said goodbye to someone. And I was like, I just declare you, Morningside will be a crime-free zone. Morningside, you will be a safe zone for this city. Morningside, marriages will be restored in this area. When people drive through this area, they're going to get healed. Guys, we have the power of life or death in our tongues. What are you speaking? So just a personal story, I'm wrapping up soon. Um, Nick and I, some of you have heard the story, so forgive me if you have, but Nick and I were in a car accident about a year and a half ago, and we had just got on this new family car, and we were so excited, and then six months later, we wrote the car off. Praise the Lord, the kids weren't with us. Longelo was looking after our babies at home, and we wrote the car off. Everyone was fine. But we were so bummed because we were like, that was our car, now we don't have a car. And so Nick and I in the lounge one day, we were just like, you know what, we're just gonna, it wasn't this long-winded prayer. We were literally like, God, we just receive a car from you. We thank you that you take, your word says that you take us from glory to glory. And we just thank you, Jesus, for a new car. And that was it. And then we found a car that we really loved. It was so amazing is that insurance paid us out double than what we paid for the car. So we got to buy a brand new car, which was better than our last car, and put money into the savings. So actually, God is a God of miracles, and we need to, we need to just speak as daughters and sons of the Most High God, knowing that we, we are His favorites, that He like longs to lavish us with good gifts. Ephesians 6 verse 17, I just want to read it with you. We're talking about the weapons and the armor of God. And so it says, I'm going to start by 17. So Ephesians 6 verse 17 says, And take the helmet of salvation and the sword of the Spirit, which is the word of God, praying at all times in the Spirit with all prayer and supplication. To that end, keep alert. Keep alert. With all perseverance, making supplication for all the saints and also for me, that words may be given to me in opening my mouth boldly to proclaim the mystery of the gospel, for which I am an ambassador in chains, that I may declare it boldly as I ought to speak. The apostles and Acts were filled with the Spirit. There was an overflow. They were continually filled with the Spirit. And one of the like fruits of the Spirit was that boldness. They spoke the word in boldness. I must do a study, but there's a, I like to count all the times where it says, and they were filled with the Spirit and they proclaimed boldly. And they were filled with the Spirit and they spoke boldly. And honestly, they, the community was actually like flabbergasted at their boldness. But they had recognized that they had been with Jesus and they had been filled with the Spirit. And so one way we can be 
bold and, and full of faith is actually through being filled with the Spirit and being full of the Word of God. Kath, can you come up with your team? <laughs> So tonight I really feel like there might be sick people here who either are sick or that know somebody who's sick. And I felt like tonight some of us needed to stand and actually curse cancer and curse disease and curse sickness and declare the blood of Jesus. And I really want us to be, I want us to leave here feeling equipped and empowered to take on anything that comes our way because we know who we are, we're rooted in the Word of God, and we have the faith to speak boldly. And I really, like, I know sometimes it's hard. Um, you know, when you're going through a dry season, inverted commas, I like, when you're going through a dry season and you're battling to feel God or you're battling to hear His voice, I just encourage you to take the Word of God and read it, start reading it, even out loud. I know that may seem silly, but there's so much power in the spoken word. I, um, a few, like quite a number of years ago, I was actually held up, not very, it was actually very horrible the way I was held up. And I had so much fear, so much fear. I was riddled with fear. And so much so that like when we stopped at a robot, if I just saw a shadow of somebody walking past, I would like have a bit of a panic attack. And it got so bad, my mom was like, you need to go see someone, your fear is, is like actually overtaking your life. And I started, I did see somebody, but I, I took the word of God. And Psalm 4 verse 8 is one of my favorite scriptures. It says, I will lie down and sleep in peace. For you alone, O Lord, make me dwell in safety. I was, such a, I was getting up five times a night just to check that nobody was in my house. It, I could not sleep for weeks. And I would repeat the scripture and repeat the scripture until I had breakthrough. So is the word of God on your lips? And are we speaking with audacious faith? Yeah. <laughs> um, I actually did write a declaration on the screen, Shepherd. So I wonder if just to end, you could all stand up and we just read out this declaration aloud. So some of you might be saying, like, why do we speak it? Like, why, can I not just read it? Why do I speak it? And the Bible says that faith comes through hearing. So when we speak, we're hearing. So it's increasing our faith levels. As we speak it into being, we're hearing, and our faith levels are increased. So this is for Glenridge, and I just want you to repeat after me together. One, two, three. Glenridge, God, thank you for your fervency, zeal, and growth that the Holy Spirit has brought about in our midst. Thank you that we are a house of radical, audacious faith. You who called us will be faithful to supply all our needs. Thank you that you make the whole body fit together perfectly as each part does its own special work. It helps the other parts grow so that the whole body is healthy and growing and full of love. And then just one more for us. So I, I put the scriptures down. And so let's, let's just speak them out. One, two, three. My power, prayers are powerful and effective. God richly supplies all my needs. I will walk in ever-increasing health. 
I live under supernatural protection. Through Jesus, I am 100% loved and worthy to receive all of God's blessings. As Abraham did, I speak God's promises over my life. I have a sound mind. I expect to have powerful appointments today to heal the sick, raise the dead, prophesy life, lead people to Christ, bring deliverance, release signs and wonders, and bless every place I go. I declare peace over the raging waters of my mind, emotions, body, and family, and say peace, be still to each of these areas in my life. I speak to this week, and I call you blessed. Amen. <laughs> wonderful, 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 Jan. When we speak truth, 